Good morning, everybody. Welcome along. Welcome especially to our women from our district who have made their way here. They're out at the, well, they're not out at the moment, that they've been spending some time out at uh, the caves and enjoying their retreat. So welcome all you ladies who are part of that. And for the rest of you, who there are some here for the very first time today as well. So welcome. I um, want to make sure that you um, enjoy. We're going to have some morning tea and everything later on. So please stay for a cup of coffee or tea or I'm sure there'd be some hot chocolate if you asked. Um, they won't let me have that. That's okay. We're enjoying it. So it's lovely to have you here this morning and I'm really thrilled to be part of today's service. We're in a series. We've been working through a, um, a series called Unshakable where we've been looking at um, Hebrews chapter 12 and we've been focusing um, on the some of the verses that's taking going to take us four weeks to get through um, the four of the chapter of uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Just so everyone's on the same page, we don't know specifically who wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, there are there are a lot of conjectures and those sorts of things, but we really don't know. There's some some of the statements are very Pauline in their nature, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Paul that wrote it. Um, and there are other people who would suggest other names, but it really doesn't matter because there's the word of God is the word of God, and He, I believe, has put the word that we have together today. And that happened some time ago, well before you and I were ever part of of this planet. But as I said, we're in a series called Unshakable and where we've been looking at what it takes or what it will take for us to be unshakable in our faith. For the, in light of what's going on in our world, we live in a very anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Christian society. You are very aware of that. I don't need to talk to you so much about that but you're very aware of the fact that our world is so anti-Christian, it is getting more and more difficult to be uh, men and women and children of faith in our society. Everything that we have been used to has been challenged in not so uh, more recent times and not so recent times in some of those things. So Hebrews 12 speaks to us about what it takes that we can be absolutely unshakable and we need to be. We need to have this unshakable faith so that we are able, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 talks about, to be able to endure the, the race that is marked out for us. Because we have this large group of people, this huge crowd or cloud, some translations use, of witnesses who have gone before us, who have proven to us or shown us that it's possible to live a life of faith despite all the persecution that they have gone through. We can know we can do the same. And we can be unshakable in our faith. And week one, we looked at what it would take to be, we need to be enduring, to have unshakable endurance. We can't waver from the, the goal of keeping our eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame so we could have the opportunity to come before him. 
We are told that in the scriptures. So, and we have to have this unshakable endurance through the difficulties because of the joy that we have of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and being with the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about what it means to have unshakable obedience. And we talked about discipline. And the reality is not many of us, some sick people like discipline, but and some like giving discipline. That's a joke, okay? You can laugh. It's, it's okay to laugh. But we, we talked about what it means to be disciplined and having a disciplined life. And if we're not confident and unshakable in our willingness to be disciplined by the Lord, to keep us on the narrow path, and we'll read the verse again this morning, but it, the wide is the path that leads to hell and destruction. But the road that's leading to, to the kingdom of heaven is narrow and difficult to find, the scriptures tell us. And unless we are unshakable in our obedience to keeping the word of God and doing what God wants us to do, we are all prone to wander. We're all prone to wander. You and I all have weaknesses that we struggle with in areas of life that we find ourselves wishing we didn't do. Paul deals with that in his, uh, the book of Romans, chapter 7. The things I want to do, they're the things I don't want to do. Or they're the things I don't do. The things I don't want to do, they're the very things that I find myself doing. And we can all relate to that. And it's frustrating and in the process of that, God disciplines us or, or holds us. And the discipline isn't about judgment. It's not about punishment. The discipline that God gives us is so that we are able to be, well, to show us his love for us. He we read it last week that because we are his children, he disciplines us. If he doesn't discipline us, it tells us that we're not his children, which is a problem in itself. So we need to expect that and be unshakable in our willingness to receive that. And today I want to take the next few verses of Hebrews chapter 12, 12 and 13. And we're going to be looking at what it has to have unshakable strength. And last week the points were three R's. This week it's three R's. I've been told that it's um, not what it is, but I won't even repeat them because they were not kind to myself. And um, you might laugh. So you'll have to ask Jonathan if you want to know the words that he used um, to put in there. But anyway, three R's today. And we're looking at Hebrews chapter 12, 12 and 13. And it says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. They're the two verses of Hebrews 12 we're going to be focusing on today. Strengthening the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. And in those two verses, the writer of Hebrews outlines what we need to be doing so that we can be unshakable or have this unshakable strength to be able to endure through the difficulties and to have our faith strong and to be obedient to the calling that God has given us. So the first point, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes on paper, they're the same, but the same online. You can get them all online as well. And if you're doing it on your devices this morning, you can do that in the Bible app. Go to the events and you'll find us uh, right there. So the first one, regain your strength. Regain your strength is the first point. 
And we are told to strengthen the hands that hang down. And in my mind, I've got this mental picture of this, this guy who's just walking along like this. And it's, he's discouraged. In fact, my, I, my, grands, my grandchildren have been with me for the last two days and my youngest grands, well, not my youngest, the, Josiah, my youngest young grandson, came out this morning out from his bedroom and that's exactly what he did. He came out. <laughs> and I said, Josiah, what's wrong? And he says, I'm still asleep. <laughs> and... and he takes a little bit longer to wake up. My other granddaughter, Abigail, she wakes up. It's like, <gasps> it's wakey-wakey time, granddad, get out of bed. And everything's alive, but Josiah takes his time. And I think that's what we can do sometimes. And as I read these verses, I'm looking at these. You need to strengthen your hands, take a new grip and, and strengthen your knees because the hands that are hanging down and the knees that are bent and, and we're struggling through life, we're shuffling, we're not walking upright. And so we, we are told that we need to regain the grip that we have, struggling to be motivated sometimes, but we need to be doing those things with courage and strength. And, and the problem that I, that I have is that that's the picture that so many Christians seem to have. We're walking along like, oh, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Everything I'm doing is, is being undercut from me. All the things that I've been used to have been stopped and it's all this stuff has changed, change, change. And we, we walk like that sometimes or we, we feel like that sometimes. But that's not how the Christian should be. That's not how we should be at all because Pastor Jasmine actually spoke about this on Good Friday when she, she talked about the fact that one of the signs that we need to be recognising is that we need to be, that Jesus came to heal the oppressed. And that's what this looks like. Oh, I'm so weighted down and oppressed by what's going on in our world. But the Christian needs to not be like that. Quite honestly, we need to recognise that Jesus came to set the oppressed free and he has already done his part. He's already done what's needed to be done. He will continue to help us. He's not done what he's done and walked off. He will continue to help us, but he, he's done all that's needed from his part. The next part is my part. It's your part. If, I, if I'm feeling like that, God has done his part, it's time I took check of myself and looked at myself. And he will continue to help us, but we have to do our part. And our part, we're told in Hebrews 12, 12, is we need to take a new grip. Get a grip of yourself or get a new grip and have a look at the situations that you're in. And we're all bound at times to, to fail in our ability, but we have this enduring strength of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. We have the opportunity. So what does it mean to get a new grip? If we're, if we're talking about it physically, it literally means to find a new way to deal with that. But when we're talking spiritually, it, it literally means to 
to refocus, to put aside the things of the world, to put aside all those things that hold us down and make us walk with long arms and bent knees and to keep our focus or to refocus on the Lord Jesus Christ, to focus on Him. We need to take a new grip on Him, to focus on Him. And it's the only when we do that, we're going to find the strength to be able to get through all the stuff that's happening in our world. Don't think it's going to get easier, by the way. Every year that passes is a year closer to the Lord's return. And we're told that in the last days, which we are in, I am confident of, that there will be these things that will happen at increasing measure. So if you think that you are, we, we, we need to just get through and it'll be okay at the other end, it won't. But what it is calling us to do is to endure and to have the strength to hang on because it's the joy that was set before the Lord Jesus Christ that helped him or caused him to endure the cross. It's the joy that's set before us. And if we haven't got the, joy, the grip that we're supposed to have, we're going to miss out. We'll find ourselves slipping. We need to renew our grip on Jesus Christ because it's the only way we're going to get through what's going to lay before us. Psalm 63 reminds us that when we're struggling, that it says, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. That's amazing. I mean, it isn't, it shouldn't be amazing, but it is. Despite everything that we've done, he hangs on to us securely. I cling to you and I know I can't fall because you are holding me securely. Even while it feels like I'm struggling, I only need to grip hold of you and you'll hold me and cling to me. And our grip needs to be on Christ like that. Not on the things of this world because the things of this world are going to change. There's nothing stable about the world. But the Word of God is the one thing that is stable. It's the one thing that we can be absolutely confident in. Not trying to do things in our own strength, but relying on the strength of Jesus to get us through because He is the one that set the the mark. He's the one that's helped us. It's the, the cloud of witnesses that have gone before that's shown us through all the difficulties from Abraham right through. And we can do it if we keep our eyes and our grip fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 13 tells us, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You're not on your own. You don't have to struggle through this life wondering if God is going to come through. He has come through. It's already happened. He's done what needs to be done. But most of us Myself included at times, we, we have this attitude that says, I can do it. My, my daughter, and I love my daughter, but I know when she was about this high and I have a granddaughter, they're not much different. I can do it, Dad. Don't let, don't, I don't need your help is what she was saying. I can do it. And we do that as adults. I just need to work harder. I just need to 
do this thing. I just need to get a different job or have more money or I've just got to. And we work harder because I can do it. And while there are probably things that we can do, spiritual growth and holy living only happens when we allow God to do it. It's the only way it can happen. And we need to renew our grip on him. We need to shift our thinking and recognise that our way done in our own strength leads to spiritual weakness. But the things when we, we find our new grip on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we do things his way and in his strength leads to spiritual strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, Paul tells us. And his grace is sufficient for us to hold on to him better and to have a good grip. Because he has you and I in his grasp, we can absolutely be confident of the grip that we have on him. It doesn't need to slip. Because even when we become weak, he becomes stronger. Even when our hands feel like they're slipping, he grips tighter. I grasp hold of you and you cling to me. And if we're feeling weakened in our faith, maybe it's just the time to say, you know what, I need to get a new grip. I need to take a new grasp and put the Lord Jesus Christ in the central part of my life. It's time to regain our grip and place it entirely in Christ, not worrying about the things of this world. Isaiah 40, 31, most of us will understand and have read this verse many times, but it's those who trust in the Lord will find strength. And they will soar high on wings like eagles. And they will run and they won't grow tired or weary. And they will walk and they won't faint. Because it's only when we put our trust in the Lord will we find the strength that we need to be able to get through the life that we have. Regain your grip. We also need to reinforce our knees, though. It tells us that we need to strengthen our knees, reinforce our knees. Reinforce or strengthen our feeble knees, the scriptures tell us, so that we will not fall. And this is clearly a metaphor. There's no problem with that part of it. But the lesson is very clear to us. If we, we need to be spiritually fit enough to be able to do what we've been called to do, is to run the race that is steadfast, to run the race steadfastly that is marked out for us. It's not going to be possible to get through a race if our knees are falling apart. Now, some of you, some, have had knees redone. You know what it's like to not have good knees. And it's very clear that we, we can't do everything that we want, want to do when our knees are weakened. But what about our spiritual knees? What are we talking about? There are probably two reasons, I think. There may be others, but I think at least two why we have to have strong knees. One, we need to have strong knees so that we can walk with confidence, upright and with determination. And secondly, we need to have strong knees so that we can spend extended times on them. 
two sides to our knees. And the way that we can express our unshakable strength is through going into places that are not easy. And to do that, we need to have strong knees. The commission of Jesus Christ in Matthew was to go into our world and make disciples. And if we are going to go, then we have to make sure that we're able to go. And we can't go if, if we have failed in our knee-keeping scenarios. When our knees are not working, it's not just difficult, it's almost impossible to do those things. And the older we get, the more physically unable we are to do the things that we once did. It's not that the desire disappears. I know that, you know, I'm not overly old at the moment. I feel like it sometimes. But I do realise that the older I get, the things, my head tells me I can do it, but I don't feel like my body's not letting me. And I think many of us experience that. It doesn't seem that long ago since you were at school, does it? You were running around the playground yesterday. That's our mind. But our body says it wasn't yesterday. That's 50 years ago or more. And it's hard. And God needs to strengthen our knees, not just physically but metaphorically. And while physical, we, physically we might be hindered, emotionally and spiritually we need to be strong with our knees. And just because we get older, that doesn't mean that we can do less. And I think that's one of the lessons that I'm learning also is that while I can't do some of the things that I used to do, it doesn't mean I do less. It just means I do different things. And I do, or I do it in a different way. It's still, while ever I breathe air, God has given me a responsibility to do what he's called me to do. And he will enable me. He will strengthen me because as I put my trust in the Lord, he will renew my strength. And then we can soar on wings like eagles and run and not grow tired and walk and not grow faint. And we need to walk with strength and assurance, the path that is marked out before us, because otherwise we're going to fall on the path. With knees, weak knees means that we need crutches or we need other forms of bracing to help us get along. But just because we may have weak knees doesn't mean that we can't be used. It's also a picture that arms hung down and the shoulders hunched and the head drooped, a picture of despair. It's no point. I might as well give up. And I think many of us sometimes get to that point. You know what? It's no point. I might as well, I'm ready. Take me now, Lord. I might as well just go because there's no point in living any longer. I don't, I don't even want to, to really be here anymore. And, and we walk around like that. And our head, the more we feed, the more we grow in the negative context. Whatever we feed into our minds grows. And we need to realise that. Our knees need to be strengthened. There's a lot of things that can cause us to have weak knees. Despair can cause our knees to be weakened. 
Age can sometimes play in our mind and cause our knees to be weak and thinking we can't do things. Sometimes maybe it's just a disability that we think, you know what, I can't do that, so there's nothing I can do, and it weakens us, and so we don't do very much at all. Busyness is another thing that I think weakens our knees because we, we aren't able to do that or spend the time doing the things that we should be doing. So our knees become a little weakened with the spiritual side of it. We need to ask God to strengthen our knees and our knees are also good for kneeling on. That's the other part of that. And there again, the metaphor is quite clear. Unless we are disciplining ourselves to pray in coming before the Lord in prayer, we're going to find ourselves not knowing what he wants us to do and we'll be in despair because it'll be, I have no clue what's happening. Not just corporately or individually, but corporately. We need the body of Christ. When the body of Christ prays together, amazing things happen. Read through the book of Acts and see what happens when the believers met together daily. See what takes place when people gathered in homes daily and prayed. Prayer gives us clarity and keeps us free from, from being distracted and, and getting caught up in controversies. Paul encourages Timothy. He says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. I want men to pray with holy hands lifted high, free from anger and, and controversy. I want men to pray, men to strengthen their knees and bow down in humility, walking constantly in the ways of God, walking upright and with strength and power, obeying his commandments, patiently waiting on his corrections as we're disciplined, perhaps on a daily basis, but allowing him to direct our path. And if there's anything here, I want, I'm asking men, let's get together. Women as well, I'm not denying you the, the ability to pray, by the way. But I think we as men need to take authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and come together in earnest prayer. And when we reinforce our spiritual knees, discipline leads us to pray. It, we, we need to discipline ourselves to pray, both individually and together corporately. We need to discipline ourselves to meditate on his word and to fill ourselves with, with the bread, the physical food, the food from the, the word of God. And every single day, we need to discipline ourselves to be obedient to that word as we read it and understand it. Let's start applying it so that we can know what we are to do. We need to discipline ourselves to maintain healthy relationships with Christ followers. Because... We need to recognise we, we have to cut ourselves off at times from destructive relationships and do everything that we can to develop godly relationships so we can be strong. Ask him to come in and take control of your life and my life. Confess and repent any known sin. Be ready to be disciplined in following through on the commitment that you have made, that we have made to him. Fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when we strengthen our knees, we place ourselves in the best possible place to be able to ready to work and to move and to be excited and do the work that God has called us to do. When we fail to strengthen our knees, this readiness to do His will is the first thing to disappear. When, our, when we are not on our knees... The first thing that disappears when things go wrong is the willingness to do what God wants us to do. We stop coming to church. We stop praying. We stop spending time in the Word. We don't want to attend any small groups. We just avoid it when we don't spend time on our knees. We need to regain our grip. We need to reinforce our knees and we need to realign our ways, it tells us. The writer of Hebrews tells us in verse 13 that we are to mark out a straight path for our feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall down but be strong. Before you and I gave our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, our lives paralleled with everyone else in the world. That's what happened. We did what we wanted. We followed our own desires. We went where we wanted to go. We spoke to who? We spoke how we wanted to speak in everything. Our alignment with, was with what the rest of the world was doing. And we saw nothing wrong with it. We saw nothing wrong with it. But when we gave our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, we made the decision to realign our ways to follow His way. We, we made the decision to put aside the things of this world and realign our ways to doing what He wants us to do. And that decision will cause us to be in direct conflict to the rest of this world. And we need to make sure that our ways are realigned to suit what God wants because He's the ultimate one that has everything in control for us. And Jesus made this statement into the crowds of people who were listening to him teach in Matthew 7. He says, you can enter the God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. We read this last week. The highway to hell is broad. The ga its gates are wide for many choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. The gateway to life is narrow. And there's, this is another way of saying that we have to be very diligent in our, our awareness and, and knowing where our feet are taking us so that we don't fall on, away from this narrow path. We need to have strong knees. We need to be having a firm grip so that when we realign our ways to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be confident in the path that he's taking us. Proverbs 14 tells us there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's a path that seems right, but it's a deception. It looks good, but it's not good. It feels right, but it's not. It looks good on the surface, but it won't bring the fulfilment of the promises that it makes. And the only way to ensure that our faith remains strong, even when we feel weakened, is to stay on the straight path so that we won't stumble 
and we won't fall into the deceptions of that the wide path brings us. And many are following that. And if our faith is weak, the the path is straight. It's the only safe path to take if we're feeling a little down. Sorry about that. Something they're trying to fix, so bear with me or bear with them. If you're feeling oppressed, downtrodden, disillusioned, struggling in life, the only way to become strong and realign our ways is to stay on the straight path. The one that's narrow, but the one that leads to life. It's the only safe options. Proverbs 4 tells us that we are to make out a straight path for our feet and stay on the safe path. That's what it's talking about. And our faith is strengthened when we're able to see the positive results of what's happening in our life, of our faith being strengthened. We get more and more faith. Our faith increases. And those results come as we walk in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we trust him, as we seek him. God called the Israelites to do the same things when they received their instructions on how to live, when when he was guiding them through the, the wilderness in accordance with his ways so that they would be able to enjoy the promised land, the new land. Look what he told them. He said to them, stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Stay on the safe path. And when we give our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, we, walk, we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we have received, the calling that God has given us to follow him. Paul begs us in Ephesians 4, he tells us to, that we must lead a life. I beg you, I urge you to lead a life worthy of the calling that you have received, he says. And when you do that, when we do that, when we put God first in our life, when we put him first in everything that we do, walk the path that he has commanded us to do, we find that we have this safety around us. Colossians tells us that then the way you live will always honour and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Unshakable strength. It will lead us to to please the Lord, it tells us. We'll please him. It produces every kind of good fruit in us, which is what we're supposed to do. The fruit of the Spirit should be growing, should be poured out through us, being constantly strengthened in the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord so that we know what we should say, what we should not say, how we should respond to all the things that are happening and how we should not respond to all the things that are responding. So how can you and I walk in the ways of the Lord so that we can actually have unshakable strength? I want to finish with this, but every day we need to make a choice to seek the Lord Jesus Christ to have a new grip. Every day, every day we need to make that decision. We need to wake up and give him thanks and do things that are going to please him. Every day 
We are going to need to make the choice to do, to honour and glorify our Father in heaven. We live a way that is the way that he wants us, so he gets the glory. It's not pushed back to me. It's not pushed back to you. Every day we need to make the decision to put Jesus first. Every day. Every day we need to make the choice to commit everything into his hands. Every day we've got to do that. We can't assume that today's going to be easier than yesterday. We might want it to be. It may be. We cannot assume it. So every day we need to make the commitment to give him everything. Every day we need to make the choice afresh that today I am going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ no matter where he leads me, no matter what he tells me he wants me to do, no matter where he wants me to go. I make the decision to follow Jesus Christ even when I don't understand it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it feels like everyone else is doing something different. Even when obeying God comes at a personal cost. Every day, we need to make the choice to trust that God actually knows best. And when we walk this narrow path, when we walk the straight path, when we walk the path that he leads us along and keeps us on as he disciplines us day by day, as we endure through the difficulties, we find that, that his enablement comes to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us toward all truth. The choice is ours, but the help comes from the Lord. We have to do our part. He has done his part. The decisions are ours but the ability to endure comes as we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and daily do what we need to do. The willingness to have unshakable strength must come from us because if you don't want it, you won't have it. If I don't want it, I won't get it. If you don't want to be strong, you won't be strong. It's the same, I don't want to go to the gym I don't need to. If I want if but if I want to get different in my in my body, my physical appearance or whatever, health, it's a decision I need to do. And that's the same with our spiritual walk. If you don't if you want to be strong in your faith, it's your decision, it's our decision. Strengthen ourselves. Get a new grip. Take and strengthen your knees. Realign your ways so that you can be aligned where God wants to be taking us. That's what it needs, we need to do to pursue our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus meant when he told us that we are needed to seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give us everything that we need. So if you are feeling weak, if you're struggling to keep your spiritual head above water, if the things of this world are consuming your thoughts and that you, you need to regain the grip on the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to strengthen our needs, knees so that we're able to walk upright and boldly and courageously and with confidence along the path that we need to keep ourselves aligned to. 
We need to realign ourselves so that we can walk with confidence. And being spiritually strong is going to take effort on our part. It's going to take effort. It won't happen by itself, but it will happen if we are diligent in doing what we're called to do. If we want to build our spiritual physique. In view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen. Do these things and never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you think you already know them and are standing firm in the truth that you have been taught. And it's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. That's Peter's words to you and I. This morning, let me pray. Father, we give you praise. We give you honour. We give you glory. Father, I'm grateful that you are at work. I thank you that you have not been caught out by anything, that you know the beginning from the end. You know the start from the, bit, from the finish. You know our thoughts before we even have them. You know our coming and our going. You know us because we are wonderfully made. You've known us from the moment of be, even before the word of God was, was in place. Your word tells us that we, our names were written before creation. You've known us from the moment of conception as we we're being formed in our mother's womb. You watched us as we grew and you formed us with your heart aligned with our heart or our heart aligned with yours. You created us in your image to be aligned with you, to be focused on you. And from the moment that we took our first breath to until the moment we take our last, Father, you are always ever present. You are with us, guiding us, protecting those who have given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, disciplining us bringing us into your presence, moulding us, making us. Nothing in our circumstances has caught you out. Help it not to catch us. Help us not to be distracted or, or deviated from the truth, to be worried about what the future holds, Father, because you are the one that holds the future. We do not need to worry about that. We rather need to seek first the kingdom of heaven, to, to live our lives righteously, to live lives that are holy and pleasing to you, 
And then we will know what path we should be taking. We'll know the steps that we need to have. We'll know the way that we should be going. And Father, as we head back into our homes, as we walk out of this building this morning into our mission field, into a world that is hungry and thirsty, but not knowing it's for righteousness, they hunger and thirst, Father. And they try and fill themselves up with all of these other things. Lord, give us the strength today to speak boldly, to have a new grip on the Lord Jesus Christ in our personal lives, to strengthen our knees, to walk with confidence and boldness, to be on them in prayer, faithfully asking you to guide us and help us and to strengthen us, helping us to realign our ways so that we won't be deviated from the truth, that we won't allow the things of this world to, to distract us and hold us aside, but we'll be focused, laser focused on the Lord Jesus Christ the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, we stand today before you. We come before you and we ask for your help because, Lord, we're weak. We need your help. It's when we become weak, when we humble ourselves, that your strength begins to shine through. So, Lord, take us, use us, and mould us, build us up, Lord. Build our lives around the Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.